Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, sitting down with co-host, Mr. Keith Myers. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. It's um it's a lovely Tuesday and um uh the Seattle Mariners were winning the last time I looked, so I'm pretty happy about that and um I saw people were getting nervous. Oh no. Uh, and I don't that, know exactly what that means. That okay. was not I did not see that. That I was got out of the car. They were up by a couple of runs and, yeah. and playoff baseball in Seattle, which hasn't happened since 2001. Interesting. Um, so today's our mid midweek show. Uh, each week we come in and uh, we wait until the last second, basically, and and uh, we raise a topic together that we do not um, research together. We kind of come in independently. And uh, this week we thought we'd uh, kind of revisit this whole Russell Wilson thing um, and what it means a for the Denver Bronco franchise and. The reason that it's important to to our conversation here is obviously that the draft picks that come with that compensation this this next year in the 2023 draft. We're also now seeing the Denver media really kind of go at this thing and talking about Russell Wilson in a way that we're just unfamiliar with generally um, in, in evaluating the way that they evaluate him. And they they're not married to him. They haven't they didn't draft him. They didn't watch him grow up. They didn't watch him win a Super Bowl for their franchise and so forth, et cetera. Um, and, and he's just not meeting expectations there. We're going to dive into that a little bit uh, today. But we also want to talk that back 
uh, tie that back into what that actually means for Seahawks listeners as far as it relates to Geno Smith, the year that Geno's having mm-hmm. in Shane Waldron's offense, and what that means kind of for the legacy situation uh, with Pete Carroll. Does that change anybody's opinion on how the Seahawks have been coached and maybe some of those uh, weaknesses that are being present uh, today are part of what maybe some of the things that, that were covered for him uh, here in, with this franchise, or has Russell Wilson just gotten to that apex of his career that's in the rear view window window now, and we're looking at uh, diminishing returns for them, um, and and we got basically the best case scenario out of this uh, this trade, right place, right time. So I'm going to let you take the floor for a while and just kind of run with this thing and, and point us in a direction. Well, first I want to just kind of, yeah, let's just kind of take a look at, at where Russ is, is, is at this year and for, in terms of his play. Now we know that he's got um, a partially torn lat muscle, which he had a platelet rich plasma injection in four days ago. He's now back at practice. Um, he's expected to continue to play, but, anyone in Denver who's expecting him to turn this around and suddenly um, go back to being Seattle Russ is I think going to be disappointed because of that injury. Like um, it's going to make it really hard for him to throw those accurate deep balls. That is, you know what he's known for. God, this is deja vu. Man, this, this sounds like the finger situation. It does sound like the finger situation. And, 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 Russ, and Russ is kind of stubborn, you know, and, and I get it. He's a gamer. He wants to play. He's going to do anything he can. But it last year totally interfered with his ability to play 100% uh, football for the franchise and probably cost at least one or two games uh, last year for the, for the Seattle Seahawks. And this year... He's refusing to take any time off, sitting out at all, allowing his body to, to heal or potentially heal up enough to, to improve. He's going to go out there, get this injection, which really is a masking agent, to be completely honest. It doesn't solve the problem, just kind of kicks the can a little bit and not necessarily increase any performance. Um, and, and in fact, may allow him to hurt himself even further if he presses this thing too much. So what are your thoughts around this thing? Yeah, it, it does feel like the finger situation where he came back three weeks too early um, last year. And uh, and he's out for three weeks, came back. And think about those first three games. Like, they were bad. Um, and they were bad for us. They were bad for the team. Like, the, the team was probably better served leaving him um, on the sidelines for a couple more weeks. And But they didn't do that because it's Russ. And, and ultimately, it... It changed their season and turned, you know, made it so that they were definitely um, going to be in a spot where they could draft Charles Cross. Um, so, so let's let, let's. I'm going to stop you just real briefly and let's just have a, a conversation about ego, because we saw this kind of come out with with Seattle last year, and it, I think it kind of contributed to the idea that he was kind of bigger than, than the football, the bigger than the franchise. And, and, um, and you saw that kind of well up uh, in different times um, in Seattle. And some of it was rumor and innuendo and, and so forth. It wasn't really out front, but it was there. And now, now that we're away from it a little bit, we're, we're not, we're not part of the, 
you know, it's not every day for us. We're not, we don't have a vested interest. Now we're seeing it on the outside perspective and you really kind of see this sort of gamesmanship that he's got going on interfere sometimes with best judgments, especially as it concerns the, you know, his entire team. Yeah. And so we, we saw the other side of that, I think in, in 2015 when, you know, Russ ended up with um, a sprained ankle on one leg and a sprained knee on the other and didn't like, didn't want to miss time. So he came out and played but he played for, within the pocket. He continued to do well. And that was probably as far as um, him being a pocket passer, probably his best year. Uh, and he, you know, led the team to the playoffs with all of it. So we saw it work, you know, where he, he like, you know, fought through and played for his team and all of that. But, um, and at a certain level, it's admirable. I mean, you got, you yeah. want a gamer, you want a guy that's going to kind of disregard yeah. some of those aches and pains every week and stuff. But there's a difference between, aches and pains and strains and things that are going to alter the way that you yeah. throw the football. And I mean, are the Broncos a better team with Brett Ripken um, out there? I don't think so. Um, but at the same time, like, are they going to win enough games to make the playoffs with Russell Wilson out there? And if they're, if they're not, maybe they shut him down, let him go have the surgery now so he's back sooner and, and ready for next year because they need a better version of Russ next year. That's for sure. This does kind of point to a larger scenario for them in that, you know, when they signed for him, they traded for him. Uh, it was supposed to fix almost every problem they had. They were, mm -hmm. they felt there were, there were people in the organization that felt they were one player away. There were, were a lot a of really good team with a, um, a good a very good defense a top 10 defense they've got um they had a, a pretty good offensive line including both tackles that are um quality players and they've got lots of good weapons um what they didn't have was a quarterback and so, so was they, that a myth or was that reality i think it's i mean their offensive line has struggled a bit because the interior of their line hasn't been as good this year um and but the rest Garrett, of it, Garrett Bowles was struggling too. Well, Garrett Bowles, I think, broke his leg. So um Yeah, right. He's out now. Um, but basically the the line ended up not being as good this year as it was last year. And Russ hasn't been good. So the idea that they were Russell Wilson away from, you know, being a championship contender, uh, assumed that they were getting good Russ and not the Russ that they've got. And now a word from our sponsor. DraftKings. The NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details.
So let's talk about the rest that they got. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about about um, about just because it's one thing for everyone to be like, oh, he's doing bad, or you know, you look at the record, they're two and three, and you can put that on the quarterback. But you go through and look at the individual games and the stats, and it really does, um, it really does paint an interesting picture because against Seattle in in um, uh, week one, right, he went twenty nine of forty two for three hundred and forty yards. One touchdown, uh, no interceptions, quarterback rating of over 100. Um, and they lost that game because their running backs fumbled the ball twice at the goal line. Um, they didn't lose that game because of um, Russ's play. I, he yeah, actually played sure. pretty well in that game. Um, that is true for that game and just about only that game. Because you look at the next one, um, they beat Houston. But when they beat Houston, he went 14 of 31, one touchdown, one interception. Um, yeah, they were just you know, fortunate enough to face Houston that day. They were fortunate enough to play. So you've got a situation where he played well and the team lost. He played poorly and the team won, right? Then they go into San Francisco, uh, 20 of 33 for only 184 yards, uh, only 5.6 yards per attempt. That's terrible. Um, of course, it's San Francisco, and we know now that San Francisco's defense looks legit. Um, not that we didn't expect that going in, because that's the strength of that team. Um, but again, you know, I mean, they won, but Russ didn't have a great game. Then they come back against um, the Raiders, right? 17 of 25. That's a good good percentage. Nine and a half yards per attempt, two touchdowns. Um, no interceptions. So you're thinking, all right, you know, quarterback rating of 125. They lost that game. So what you're seeing is that this team is not as Russ goes, the Broncos go. Because in those four games, the opposite has been true. When Russ has played well, they've lost. And when he's played poorly, they've won. So are they truly one player away? We're, we're, are, yeah. Is Russell Wilson actually making a difference? Um, for Denver, and it's really hard to say that they are. This last week with a 12-9 to 9 overtime loss on Thursday night, that was just a brutal game. Um, he went 21 of 39, 274 yards, which looks okay, but it's only a 54% completion. It's only seven yards per attempt. There was no touchdowns, two interceptions. He also took four sacks. And those interceptions um, were were horrible. Yeah, they were bad. I mean, this is this is peak bad Russ. Um and I, there was and, time. And, and then you've got a you've got a question at on this particular game. I think you have to question the injury to the shoulder and what he was mm -hmm. playing through and stuff. And yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> We saw some of this when he was in Seattle, where he would go three quarters of a game yeah, and yeah. just look lost, Here's, and then pull pull it together in the fourth quarter, have an amazing quarter, um, pull out the win, and you're like, okay, so he had a bad game overall, but he's still Russ. I haven't seen him put it together at the end yet. He, that just yeah, hasn't. There happened. seems to be a, a little bit of a lack of confidence with him, and then I also want to share this responsibility, I think, with the coaching staff there, Nathan Hackett. And we talked oh, about this a, a, a little bad. bit. Um, and I, before the Denver game, I said, you know, one of the big concerns I think for Denver is just the, the fact that they've got three rookie coaches with very little experience. And that has played out. 
to be a very worrisome uh, concern for them. Uh, and, the, and the media there is just eviscerating their coaching staff for decisions well, they, made and and, and they so should forth. he like Hackett's decision making late in games and his game management and that stuff has been terrible like just think about Seattle game right that 64 yard field goal um which would have been the second longest field goal in NFL history um rather than right. letting your 200 and um 50 million dollar quarterback that you just paid and has had a pretty good game go win the game for you you tried some like desperation um you know kick that's just that's just that was the wrong call and it was the wrong call before he missed it um and and so what you've seen yeah. is just a is a is kind of a hodgepodge and that's why i'm i'm kind of hesitant to go all in on dissing uh wilson here <clears throat> here in this show because i think it's a combination of different things he doesn't have the weapons that he had here uh in seattle and the offensive line is just as poor if not worse uh, as far as pressure percentage and sacks and so forth and he's just not as evasive as he was in the past Mm -hmm. um and then he's got this injury thing that who knows exactly when he hurt that they're reporting you know a couple games ago and i don't know you know and so Mm -hmm. and so now he's completing 60 percent of his passes that's off five six percent uh historically He's got four touchdowns currently with three interceptions. That ratio is completely um, off for him. A quarterback rating of 82.8 would be a uh, all-time um, career low for him. Yeah, and if the, it, it seven-point the the seven yards per attempt is not where. Right. So that points. Anyone, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot, a lot going, going on, on there, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's there's a lot there. Now I can understand. Denver, when they see the interceptions, and those were awful, and this last game is fresh in their memory, and their their media, like the Denver Post and stuff, is posting, man, this could end up being the most epic failure of this organization, you know. If this, if, so there's a lot of pressure right now going on, especially directed towards Russ. Um, but if they really take a look deeply at this thing, there's a lot going on on their offense um, that is just beyond what Russ is capable of fixing. And mm-hmm. you've got rookie rookie coaches out there trying to, you know, rookie do things. coach with a rookie <clears throat> coordinator behind and they've him. They've lost and... their running back, their main running back for the year. And, and now mm-hmm. their left tackle. Um, it's going to be a long year for them, I think. And I agree it with is. you that maybe they should be shutting him down and maybe they will, if they continue to perform poorly in the next few games. One of, one of the, the problems though, is shutting him down, getting him, healthy and all of that um is great but they don't have that first round pick so it's like or oh second. you know you sh- you know or second you shut your quarterback down there's um, no, there's he no gets advantage. healthier and then and then you lose a bunch of games that you would you might have won and but you get a better draft position those picks belong to seattle so you know they're they don't have quite the incentive to to shut him down other than the idea of getting him healthy and ready for next year so let's redirect this conversation. Well, I told you you could lead this thing, but I was thinking, <laughs> how do we tie this thing back to uh, Pete Carroll and John Schneider, the decision to trade, uh, some of the behavior issues that we saw here that are kind of now migrating, and and how Gino's doing? Well, I don't think that we, you know, the, the be, you, you, what you call behavioral issues um, are need to be part of this conversation because... But maybe they uh, do. I don't know. I'm talking, and about, I'm just, I'm talking uh, about performance on the field. And uh, it just, 
that hasn't translated. And I don't think that has anything to do with, um, you know, him being mad at Seattle for not letting him have more control. Um, like that didn't affect him, you know, last year it was the finger until he got healthy and then he played really well. So like that wasn't, and, I don't, yeah, I don't and think keep it in matters. mind too. This is one of my favorite players all time in franchise Absolutely, history. I own too. his Jersey and I want him to go to the hall of fame and I want him to do it in the Seattle Jersey. I mean, mm-hmm. so there's, there's that. Um, so, uh, yeah. And, and I, I'm in exactly the same boat. I freaking love watching Russ play. Um, but I want to see good Russ. I don't want to see what we've seen in the last couple of weeks because this has not been fun. Um, and, you know, you look at this and then you start looking at, well, you know, Russ was supposed to be the thing that um, covered up all the warts in Seattle, all the problems with Pete Carroll and his play calling and scheme, all the bad offensive line. Right. Russ was the guy that covered all that up. Well, Russ leaves and he's been not great. He's been, you know, middle, uh, middle, like 15 to 20 in terms of top. He looks like he did in the first four games last year. Really? He's a little better before his injury. Um, But then you compare that to Geno Smith, right? The career journeyman backup um, who's playing in this with the Seahawks with the same set of weapons around him. And he's playing much better. I mean, the Seahawks aren't any better. They're also two and three, but they're not two and three because they're not getting quarterback play. Yeah, the way that their offense is is ranked number one in the NFL and DBOA. Yeah, um, I mean, Gino is third in the NFL in uh, yards per attempt, behind only Tua and Jalen Hurts. Yeah, right above Josh Allen. Right, so you know, in terms of yards, he may be. you know, down a little bit at 12th, but the Seahawks also aren't asking him to throw a lot because that's Pete Carroll's thing. Um, you know, at co- completion percentage, he's second in the league of players that have played more in more than one game. Um, yeah. then their he, offense is so, he's so good. Their offense is so good, Keith. They're ranked ninth overall in weighted DVOA. And the, the defense fact that our defense awful. is awful. <laughs> yeah. You know, you right. look at, 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 at um at quarterback rating on the year number one geno smith number two patrick mahomes um we're talking about a guy who was abysmal in new york has been a journeyman backup no one's been willing to to throw money at him to get and give him an opportunity to start or any of that throw money at him now uh someone will after this year i guarantee that that's Um, why i said on twitter i just i just said listen this could be the, the time you start considering extending Gino. And if you like Gino, do you like him enough to give him a three-year, $75 million deal with a bunch of, you know, $40 million guaranteed because that's what it's going to take to get Gino back in Seattle. And um, I didn't, long, yeah. that tweet didn't get met with a lot of resistance. I mean, that was basically, um, yeah, that's probably what we need to do. And actually at, at $25 million a year for a starting quarterback, that's cheap. Cause a lot of them are going for 40 right now. Exactly. Um, and if you can get Gino for three years at that, that also gives you an opportunity to draft and develop your quarterback. And you could get out of it in the third year. I'm, I'm yeah. And so, and yeah. if you needed to, you'd get out, he he'll be here for two more years and then you get out of it. Um, which, which Denver screwed up because if you look at, um, you know, them with this, right. 
if they were to cut him now and say, you know, we're just going to cut bait, they would take $107 million in your franchise in in cap hit. Like it would, it would kill them. Um, Yeah, it would ruin it. So, but my thing on Gino, so you take the two years that, yeah. So next year he plays, you got to back up in, and even the next year, he's a uh, very inexpensive trade asset. He is in his second and, year, so it's a win-win. Yeah. I think for every every party, Gino comes back to the team that's comfortable. He proves it again. Mm-hmm. He allows somebody to come in. He's now thirty-three years old. Uh, the next year, he'll be thirty-four, but he's under a cheap contract for a great performing quarterback, obviously, and that might be an asset that you could bring in. So, if Seattle had a defense, like at all. Mm. They'd be what four and one right now. If we if they had the defense we were talking about that we thought the they were going to have, yeah, they'd be four they'd be, and one. They'd be four and one, and we'd be having a very different conversation with, a, with a, maybe a close toss up game against the Forty Nine ers. You just never know. I don't know. They got steamrolled. Even the offense did by the Forty Nine ers. The Forty Nine ers defense. I still think we're up. having a, a really different conversation. We are. I mean, absolutely. just think of, think about the <laughs> think about what we're now discussing regarding Geno Smith. So before the, the season, you and I were, you know, and I developed this over the course of the off season, we talked and talked and talked and talked. And I started fairly uh, bullish about, you know, the offense and the potential and so forth. And I came back around, you know, probably closer to where you were just very, very realistic as far as you painting the picture of, Hey, listen, here's the career averages for Geno. We can't expect any any more than that. We just haven't seen it. And here we are. We have this offense. It's a new thing. You know, the defense looks like it's going to be good, but the offense, that's going to suck for a while. And sure, sure enough, we get com- pro- proven completely wrong. Five games mm-hmm. into the season, Gino's really lighting it up, having career year. Good for him. Yeah, um, a, great number for one. him. Number I, I'm one, I just it. can't even say enough about. I hate the, that the, the defense is bad, though. <laughs> right, right, but it's crazy how it just flipped that that so whole script. One of the other things <laughs> that I think is it needs to be pointed out on the difference between Gino and Russ. One of the things that Russ did every single year he was in Seattle and he's doing in Denver is he takes a lot of sacks. Now, part of that is he has desire to hold on to the ball and give his receivers more of an opportunity, extend plays. That's where these explosive came play has come from but it also leads to sacks right um but it was always the thing is he took too many he need and he it was the lack of protection was one of the reasons he wanted out um geno smith has only taken nine sacks through five games less than two per game a couple of them have been bad but a couple of them have been terrible at the end of games um like even in this last game like that that one in uh, two minutes left and, and whatever. Oh, God. And, and, like, and you, I would say worse. at least half of the nine, like five. I'm going to say five are on Geno Smith. The offensive line has been outstanding for Geno Smith. But he's but also he, only taken nine. Russell Wilson has taken 16. Yeah. And I would right? I would hazard to say that, that Geno's time to throw the ball is at least a half a second less than than Russ and I don't have that stat, but I would, I don't have it on me either, but um, you know, the fact that the, you know, Russ's thing, like 
oh yeah, he 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 takes a lot of sacks, but he's behind the one of the worst offensive lines in football and all of that. And I know the offensive line is better this year because of the two rookie tackles actually being good. Um, but Gino's not not taking those sacks. He's getting the ball out of his hand more often. Now, when mm-hmm. he does take a sack, God, they're bad. Um, and he needs to fix that. But um it's easier to, to like handle that when he only takes like less than one or less than two per game. So what is the what is the purpose of this show and what is the result? Is Seattle better off as a franchise with Russ gone and Gino being quarterback? It I'm not really, saying Gino's a better quarterback. I'm just it saying honestly in feels this situation. like we have to say yes at this point. And because saying yes means they got Charles Cross. Um and was it Boye Mafe was the second pick? Yeah, and Abe, um, right. And Abe Lucas and Tariq Wollen and Kobe Bryant. Yeah, but but in terms of the actual picks that Okay, Seattle, compensation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. From from that pick, you've got um you know, Charles Cross and Boye Mafe, but then you've also got Fant, who's, mm-hmm. um, you know, teams have to account for. You've got uh, Shelby Harris, who's been probably their best defensive lineman other than Al Woods. Um, and a young backup quarterback for the season. He, yeah. I mean, whatever, you throw it in. Yeah, but you know what good. I'm saying. So, yeah, um, comp- and then you got futures. And, then, so. and, and these two picks coming up. So uh, it, Seattle's probably going to have two top 10 picks. We also did get that fourth, fifth round swap. So we actually did get Tariq Woolen out. So yeah, just okay. Me, just let you know. I'll take that. Um, and so, you know, you go through and you look at all of this. Yeah, Seattle's better off without Wilson because of, the, because of the draft capital they got and because Wilson hasn't lived up to anything that he was like in Seattle. And, and a $250 million burger. Oh God, that's what I said with that contract. Like, it after this year, if they decide to cut bait because they're like this isn't working, they can't because he'll he'll it'll be a um he'll count. It's it's like what's the kid? It's an uh, Jake, Jake Cutler. Yeah, it's an eighty-five million dollar cap it. That after twenty twenty-four, right? Uh, or so after yeah, after after the following year, it's a forty-nine point six million dollar cap it. They can't get out from underneath this contract until 2025. Really? That, Even that soon? I, I That surprises me. His 30, his I 37. They, they did a five-year extension, which was add two years. So he's under contract for seven. Oh, oh his, his, um, his cap hit um, at, for 2025, if they cut him, will be uh, $49.6 million. Um, so that they they would have to eat that, but that would still save them five point eight million because his cap hit if he's on the roster is fifty five point four. So they have dead cap off, though all the way throughout. Yeah. But they and they start but they start saving a little bit of money mm-hmm. after the twenty twenty five season. He like if they cut him then for twenty twenty six, he would still count uh, thirty one million against the cap. Yeah, that's that's enough to sink a franchise for a while because those are players you can't sign. So yeah, and yeah, and so so you so look let at me... that. You look at that, and, and and Seattle didn't want to pay him that, and everyone's everyone. I don't mind everyone. I mean, Seahawk Twitter 
was upset. Why do you pick the 71-year-old coach over, you know, the franchise quarterback? Um, and those numbers and what it took to sign him um, and what it's doing to Denver, it, unless Russ reverts back to, you know, 2013 through 2016 form, um, this and there's is, still time. You mentioned Jay Cutler. You know, I mean, Jay Cutler was a franchise quarterback for Denver. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't like that. Um, you know, the new coaching staff, and or he didn't, and and all of that. So he asked to be traded. He got traded to the Bears for and signed to a, to a big extension, and then was not good. And the Bears were stuck with him. Yes. For years. Yeah, um, they're waiting still recovering. For the, waiting for that contract to finally die. And it's yeah, they haven't been good since then. And, they haven't. Um, you know, this is a type of situation where, you know, if it unless Russ reverts back to being worth this yeah, kind and, of money, and and I think that that's possible. I oh, mean, I come so on, too. right? Yeah, right. Um, but still, you're you're looking at, um, this could hamstring that franchise for, you know, the next five years. So I want to bring Pete Carroll into this conversation as we wrap this thing up a little bit. Yeah, and Adam Rank, Adam Rank came out today with a tweet, and he said, Pete Carroll had two different Heisman Trophy-winning quarterbacks at USC. Russell Wilson went from a third-round pick to a Super Bowl winner. Maybe he gets a little credit for coaching quarterbacks. Yeah. And look at the, who the his best quarterbacks when he was at USC were NFL washouts. Matt Liner. Yeah. Um yeah, but he had uh whatchamacallit? I say had Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer. Who yeah. is good. Um but I mean then you look at like John David Booty, right? He never I don't even think he landed a backup job more than a year um in the NFL. Like those he small uh, antidote, Matt Liner. Well, no. No, it was Mark Sanchez who took no, over yeah, Jim Smith's one. job. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, what I'm what I'm leading to here is that um it, Pete Carroll knows how to make quarterbacks look good. Look good. Right. And I think it, that that is something that needs to be said. He make his system and the way he does things makes quarterbacks look good. Uh, and I apparently we've got we've got two quarterbacks successively in a row. We haven't had a large enough sample size yet on Geno Smith, but we man, haven't, and, I'm telling we you haven't, what we haven't what seen Russell. We haven't seen Russell Wilson at his best in Denver either. I think, Probably I think, not. He, Oh God, no. I, think, I think that he's going to be fine. I think he has very good years, uh, but, very good games ahead of him, but, but still it could go sideways really quick there and it might not be recoverable. So we'll see. I need him to be successful though. Sooner rather than later, he can get run out of town. The thing about Geno is that I was on the fence. I mean, I'm I'm definitely, you know, a fan of redemption and of coming back mm -hmm. and, and read. I mean, the things that Gino has done this year has just been remarkable. I'm all it's for been that. Crazy but good. we had tempered that conversation in our last show prior, the, the, the preview show of the Saints saying, listen, you know, he's done it against the Broncos defense, which was great. He, he didn't have very much success at all against the 49ers. He had good success against the Falcons and and the lions that were poor defenses they're bad defense. what can he do against the saints the saints are a good defense and that the offense was not the problem 
Geno Smith was not the problem. No. Um, In fact, he looked great. I mean, he had and, some throws, Keith. I'm telling you, I thought if I closed my eyes, Russell Wilson was throwing those things. God, some of those were, yeah. Like some that, of those were that drop into Fant where he was, um, where he was going left mm-hmm. and threw that thing across his body. And then the, the that, throws to lock, lock it. it. That, that touchdown to lock it over two defenders dropped mm. it perfectly. God, that could have been a Russell Wilson throw. That yeah. was just pretty. Right. Um, so, so, you know, now that I've seen that against this team, I think I'm, I'm much more open to the idea that maybe the way that they've designed this thing and the confidence that, that Pete Carroll, I mean, Pete Carroll stuck with Gino. You know, in, in the most critical moments where Gino, he needed to come to step up, you know, Locke was there, came in on this uh, trade, but Pete st- stuck with Gino and said, listen, this is Gino's job to lose. He's my, he's my guy going into training camp. And, and, and then Locke, that was it. And Locke never moved him. And Locke never moved him. And I think that confidence right there is a big, huge, uh, you know, undersell for Pete. And then I will say with, with Locke, Gino. It, it, yeah, he needs he needs to show me that he can go win a game. He would have in this game if our defense was worth any salt. He came uh, back and I, and scored in that fourth quarter. Twice. Yeah, he got got the got that that the um the big run, so he had nothing to do with that. And um, but then the touchdown to lock it, which was beautiful, and got them the lead. And then the defense promptly gave it up. But yeah, he got the to ball. Thirty-one. He got the ball back with an opportunity to win it when it was um you know after the the defense had done their thing and what did he do he took that you know couldn't move the ball took that terrible like 18 yard sack um when the game was on the line he shrunk and we saw him do that twice out of the three games that he played last year the other one was against the jaguars when they were still in a dumpster fire um and you know but we've you know seen that, that that sack came on third down what if he threw the ball away we would have punted there anyway would we have so that you're down with that little time left i don't think you punt the ball there yeah i think you I, go for it yeah i know you can't go for it when you um I just an, don't like, an 18 yard sack. I, I admit I hate it when you said he shrank in that moment. And I don't know that that's necessarily completely true. I, he has yet to with the ball in his hand late in the game, go win the game. Yeah. And he's had multiple in, opportunities. He had two last year, he's had three so far this year, and in every one of them Yes. I agree. I I need him to go do that. That's definitely. I need him to go do that. Yeah. Um, Because we saw Russ do that over and over and over and over again. When Russ got the ball and they were down one or down, you know, whatever, down four um, late in the game, you didn't, there was a confidence there. You knew he could do it. He didn't always do it. Even with an improved defense, you still need a quarterback that can do that in the NFL. Because there's going to be close games, and you got to go win that close game. Um, that's my only complaint against Gino right now. Um, he has outperformed every expectation. Um, I was, and now we're going to start nitpicking because we want to see that little bit extra that makes a, a quarterback 
uh, I, you know, top 10 yeah, in this league. Yeah. Well, and I was not a believer. I, I questioned Pete Carroll and his decision to go with Gino. And honestly, I was wrong. I'm very happy to be wrong. I'm very happy to admit that I was wrong. Gino's been damn good. Except, and I don't think that's nitpicking. Because if you're going to sign him to a big contract, like we talked about earlier, he needs to go prove he can do that. And he's failed at every attempt so far. And to me, that that is the one thing that I, that I, did, I worry about. I, you know, it gave me some encouragement to see him uh, lead those two drives. Now, granted, one was Kenneth Walker's really long touchdown. and then, mm-hmm. uh, But that pass to, to Lockett to take that the pass lead in the Lockett fourth quarter, if our gorgeous. defense shows up and... and create some stops there i think we win that game and so i'm i'm going to give him a a little bit of a pass there on that last one because but you're right you're right so so um this was the let's be petty and and talk smack about russell wilson show um really what it was was um the the legacy of pete carroll show because Pete Carroll's legacy is not going to be, well, yeah, he won, but Russell Wilson carried him. He wasn't that a good, good of a coach. Pete Carroll has put together a team right now that Geno Smith, a guy that no one thought of as a starting quarterback, has looked good. He's looked good, and he's... Number he's, one offense in the NFL by a lot of different measurements. Yeah, and, and so the offense is... is Pete Carroll's decisions on um, about the offense and how to run the offense is working without Russ while Russ goes to another team, one that he picked. He wanted to go to that team because he thought he could go and, and excel and, and cement his legacy. And on that team, he is failing. Yes. And um, that hurts Russell Wilson's so, so legacy, now, and it makes Pete Carroll so much stronger. So, but now there are, you know, everyone's clamoring about the defense. And so, you know, you kind of have to let that play out as well. I think. No, the defense you, is bad. Yeah, you had mentioned <laughs> that you need at least two cycles to get through churning that roster on the defensive side of the ball to, to, make, to, to make it work as far as a complete, scheme. A complete scheme change, yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't know that it's necessarily bad coaching, but it is overall talent deficit that we're looking at and you can only correct a certain amount to get as much out of that play wise each week um and we'll see what happens by the way they signed bruce Irvin to a um to a practice squad contract here we'll see if he gets called up anytime soon but it is interesting that they are going outside now to to look for look for linebackers, linebackers. yep um yeah, I mean, the 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 defense could be better right now, but the uh, the uh, front office and Pete Carroll and John Snyder decided to go and fix some of what was wrong with the offense. They got the two rookie tackles and um and Ken Walker, um right. Yeah. That's three players in the first three rounds, um to fix the offense and 
it, far, it's, so good. It's so far so good. Um, you know, I mean, Boye Mafe has looked um, okay. I mean, he's a guy you can build build around, but he's not. He doesn't look like a star yet. Um, there, uh, but you had four picks in the top, in the first three rounds. You put, spent three of them on offense, and all three of them seem to be hits. Um, yeah, your offense is better, but also, they also need the defense needs work too. Yeah. And and sad to say, uh, we lost Penny for the year. That was confirmed. Uh, yep. Having surgery on the tibia and the high ankle sprain. That's a tough, tough deal. Um, he just came out like two days before Thursday press conference before the game saying he didn't want to let the fans down. He felt like he let, let his teammates down with the injuries and wanted to move past that. And then this happens, and it's sucky because it looked like uh, it, it it wasn't anything in his control. This wasn't. This doesn't point to a injury prone injury. No. This is this is could happen to anybody. Bone breaks aren't something that is like injury prone situation because those are, um, those aren't something that where you, once you hurt it, you're more likely to hurt it again. That's like what happens to your knees and and ankles. But um, the bone break is just it is what it is. Um, and it actually heals stronger than it was. So, uh, but unfortunately, now Ken Walker's got his opportunity. That's not unfortunate. Ken Walker. For, it's unfortunate you know, for Penny. It's unfortunate for Penny. But Penny looked good, and he looked good last year. He looked good this year. He was um, looked like a guy who deserves, you know, um, a second contract. Maybe not a, a. He's a running back, so you don't sign him to big contract like an ezekiel elliott contract because that's dumb uh but to, he gets to stick around in the nfl he gets an opportunity to be a starter he gets to continue to, to um you know continue to be out there and he will get his chance regardless of this injury we just don't know if it'll be with the seahawks that's what we don't know especially if ken walker comes out here and does what i think he's gonna do and just look great down, you know, for the rest of the season. Yeah. The CX won't feel compelled to re-sign Penny for what it'll cost to re-sign. Yeah. All right. Let's get out of here. Um, thanks, everybody, for joining the show today. Uh, you can find Keith on Twitter, at MyersNFL. You can find me at NWC Hawk. The show is at Hawks Playbook and SeahawksPlaybook.com. You can also find the show on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube. And please hit that subscribe button. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.
Sports Social Podcast Network.